0: Back to Sleep for Performance Radio. Today we have audio abstract there. <clears throat> and my hay fever is at me and is tickling in the back of my throat. Okay, so I had a few questions about this coming through to the Sleep for Performance Facebook page. And a few people asking me as well in person. So I thought I'd cover a very interesting um, paper that came out back in 2014 by Kimberly Babson and Marcel Obon miller which is titled Sleep Disturbances, Implications for Cannabis Use, Cannabis Use Sensation and Cannabis Use Treatments. So this is a quite a lengthy paper. This paper is freely available. It's not behind a paywall. So we'll put the link into the show notes so you can download the whole lot. Have a look for yourself and um, any sort of comments or uh, queries on it, please send them through. Or if you have any different interpretations, i will be interested to hear your feedback. So when we look at um, cannabis use, and bear in mind this paper was four years ago, a little bit different, Uh, it is very US-centric, but they're saying here in this paper that approximately 30% of the overall population have tried cannabis, with 4.3 million, about a little over 1%, meeting the criteria for problematic cannabis use, which is defined as hazardous hazardous use, abuse or dependency. This was back in 2009. Um, So it is estimated that cannabis use disorder treatment will double by 2020 so the uh, treatment of this is going to require some significant more, uh, significantly more resources around this area so probably like most people um, everybody's probably tried a little bit or seen a little bit, smelled a bit uh, maybe had a little try of it and then went mm, maybe or maybe not and so uh, about 2 in 3 people have tried it, I think might be a little bit more than that but it might be, might depend where you grew up So when we look at cannabis um, across the board and how it affects sleep, we do know from the literature that cannabis does alter the sleep and wake cycle. So what affects that sleep and wake cycle? So when we're looking at um, the use of cannabis, it's important to break it down to probably two parts. And the first part is THC. So I'll have a go at pronouncing this. Tetrahydrocannabinol. So THC, which has neural implications that are uh, mediated through these cannabinoid receptors located in the brain. And so one of the primary effects of uh, THC is sedation, so basically making you feel sleepy. So there's two main mechanisms that they propose in this paper and from the review. First is that endogenous cannabinoids have been shown to increase the level of adenosine. Now adenosine is a sleep-promoting agent. Second, the neurons in the hypothalamus involved in the, re- in the regulation of the arousal system express CB one receptors. So this results in the inhibition of the arousal systems. Now, some studies have shown that um, immediate administration of THC or taking THC reduces sleep latency, which is the time to take the time it takes to fall asleep. So it makes you fall asleep uh, quicker. But in people who basically don't really take a lot of THC or consume it they may have the opposite, so it increases the sleep latency, which delays the time you fall asleep. So um, some people may have different kind of responses to it, depending on your probably more habitual use of cannabis. The other part um, that we have to look at is the CBD part. Now, this is a non-psychoactive component. So many people may have heard about CBD being used for treatment of muscular injuries, um, kids having multiple fits, and so on. This is a non-psychoactive. So this is completely different than the THC part when we're talking about cannabis use. In studies with rats, we see that CBD actually induces sleep. And helps with sleep maintenance, so improves the quality of overnight sleep. However, when administered in humans, it's been shown to have an alerting effect. So this may counter the sedating effects of uh, THC. So the CBD and THC may have this kind of antagonistic effect on each other and may alter the sleep and wake cycle. So it's really important that the dose and the timing um, of THC and CBD together is an important factor when, when being consumed or when treating people who may have cannabis Uh, challenges or problems now both cannabis and sleep disturbances have also been associated with reduction of activity in the same regions of the prefrontal cortex now the prefrontal cortex is an area that really does affect sleep and uh, reductions in the activity in that area in the front the prefrontal cortex have been observed amongst individuals with insomnia or sleep deprivation and amongst heavy cannabis users who abstained for 30 days so You know, we really can see the the relationship here with CBD and the prefrontal cortex arousal or lack of. The main users of cannabis seem to be those people who have some sort of um, probably stress disorder, so PTSD or PTS as it's called, and even other anxieties such as depression. Um, And they may be using cannabis for coping mechanisms around us as well. So we see with those people... um, that sleep disturbances seem to be actually improved or sleep quality seems to be improved when people are taking cannabis-based medicine, which has um, 2.7 milligrams of THC and 2.5 milligrams of CBD. And so we find in this not only does sleep improve when taken, but also actually a reduction in pain. So uh, double benefits there for that one. However, what's interesting here is that over time when participants are taking the cannabis-based medicine, They actually habitualize or get used to this and develop tolerance, and so the benefits may not be present over long term uh, use of this. In addition, long term use of cannabis can also lead to disruption in sleep architecture. So, this is the non REM, REM phases, stages one, two, and three, and REM. For example, over the course of the night, we can see that this um, sleep architecture can be disrupted and uh, be affected. When we look at withdrawal from Cannabis, we see in a number of laboratory-based studies um, that have identified sleep disturbances as an issue with the cannabis withdrawal. So controlled studies have shown that sleep disturbances uh, increase actually during the periods of abstinence, so when they stop using the cannabis. And even in outpatient studies as well have found that sleep disturbances were elevated over a 45-day period. However, um, we also see as well a resumption of cannabis use. Um, with THC and CBD, actually re- alleviates these sleep problems or reduces them, and it's important to know that these laboratory studies as well were pretty good in terms of objective measures of sleep, as they use polysomnography (PSG) the gold standard, um, which we've discussed previously on the on the podcast as well in different studies. Now, what's interesting so far is we see that really people are taking cannabis due to stress, maybe um, anxiety, depression. As a result of that, they may be having sleep problems and they're taking that. And initially, it will help with their sleep problems. But over time, those benefits may not be present. But when people stop using cannabis, we can see now as well that one of the main reasons why they actually go back onto using cannabis or relapse is due to these sleep problems from the withdrawal period as well. So they kind of get themselves in this chicken and egg kind of cycle is what we can see. So they're on it to improve the sleep. Uh, the benefits aren't there they go off it the sleep gets worse and they go back on and they get some short-term uh, benefits as well so to get them sort of into this bad cycle and when people were actually asked after giving up cannabis for a period of time um, 65% of people said the, re- the relapse was actually because of sleep and so this is why they went back actually uh, consuming cannabis so knowing that many people have sleep problems related with um, cannabis use, it may be best off to give those people support um, around the pharmacological pharmacological um, interventions or behavioural-based interventions such as CBT for insomnia. And so this may help with alleviating these sleep disturbances that these individuals or groups may have. and Because um, we know that these other pharmacological and behavioural-based therapies have success with people with insomnia or sleep disturbances or awakenings overnight. However, in saying that, um, the use of additional medication is generally not recommended for people who have a history of substance use disorders because they may in fact develop um, a dependency on those medications as well. And from other studies we know as well that long-term dependency on sleep medication is just not viable either. So over time, some of the best improvements we can get in sleep is actually around cognitive behavioral therapy or working with that person to make some significant changes. And those changes could not just be the cognitive behavioral therapy, but could be related to the sleep environment, their whole approach um, that kind of underpins CBT around sleep as well, and even in the timing of sleep also. So there's a lot of evidence out there around cannabis use and cannabis cessation and the effects on sleep, but it seems to be this kind of cyclical relationship, as we mentioned earlier on, which are um, more than likely initiated by sleep disturbances, Um, you know, and they could be coming from a range of different uh, reasons, as we said, like PTSD, anxiety, depression and so on, or maybe they were just um, cannabis users and the sleep disturbances uh, it started from that from just recreational use as well so like i said this study was done back in 2014 there is an increase in cannabis use probably in america at the moment with the legalization of marijuana and um, which is happening probably across a lot of countries as well um, i think south africa recently legalized or are looking at it as well so there's a big increase in this um probably in the availability or And with that may come a spike in use in the short term, although other countries would say, like Amsterdam and Holland, that this would level off after time as well and actually doesn't do any um, negative effect. But that's a whole different different conversation on economics, healthcare systems and so on. So in this context of this study, it is uh, interesting just to look at the sleep disorders. So... The full link to this uh, review is in the show notes. And as always, you can follow me on Twitter at Sleep Perform or contact me, Ian Doonican, at sleepforperformance.com.au. I hope you're enjoying these audio abstracts. I'm learning a lot by doing them myself. Not that it's a a perfect review of each one, uh, but I hope it would give you some information uh, going forward. All right, until next week, sleep well.